Hey there, welcome to the Hopeful Birth Podcast. I'm Jessie Shelto, your host for the next little bit while we make a new friend and hear her birth stories. Birth has affected my life in profound ways, and I'm not just talking about the new little person that comes in to rock my world. Birth has shaped how I engage with my Heavenly Father, and I hope that it does the same for you. So whether you're preparing for a birth and wanting to learn more about your options from moms who have been there and done that, or are processing through a previous birth, I pray that the Father makes his heart for you and your baby evident as you listen. In this episode number eight, we're hearing from Caitlin Fusco. Caitlin is the host of the Happy Home Birth podcast and the home birth mother of two girls. Being a midwifery apprentice, home birth was a pretty obvious choice for her, but in between her two pregnancies, she experienced God's presence in a profound way that actually shaped in a whole new way her walk with him. It's such a privilege to get to share her stories with you guys today. Caitlin so kindly gave me a lot of help and support as I was starting this podcast, and I'm grateful to be able to share her stories on here today and connect you with her. Her own podcast is one of my go-tos, and I highly recommend it, even if you're not considering a home birth for yourself. She sprinkles in some really, really helpful information in the area of women's health. So please remember that even though I'm a birth geek, I am not a medical professional, and the information shared here is for informational and educational purposes only. Please continue to see your medical professional and seeking their counsel for your care. But without further ado, here are Caitlin's birth testimonies. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Jesse, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Would you mind starting out and introducing us to your family and to, your, to yourself as well? Gladly. So my name is Caitlin Fusco. I am a wife and home birth mother of two and uh, also a podcast host of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. So it's really fun to be on the other end of the microphone today. (laughs) Yay. I'm so glad you could do this with us. Uh, Would you mind telling us how you found out that you were pregnant with your first baby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would love to tell you the story. So just for some perspective, um, this was not a planned pregnancy. And in fact, my husband and I at the time were not married. So we were like, okay, this was not how we saw this going. And we're very, very concerned because at the time, and this, I mean, this really like ties into my full testimony story. Um, I was not a Christian. He was, but not, you know, not very strong in his faith, but, um, his parents are the epitome of like Christ followers, you know, Mm -hmm. like they are the kind of people that you meet them and it's like, okay, this is what it's about. Like, this is what being Jesus is, is like. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we did find out that we were pregnant, I was very concerned. And it was just like this, oh my gosh, how are we going to tell them? How are they going to respond? Um, and they were so grace filled Mm -hmm. and were immediately like, Hey, a child is a blessing. Like this is, this is amazing. This is going to be wonderful. When's the wedding? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, so that was probably the first thing that happened to me that really started opening my heart to Christ, Mm -hmm. um, was just the acceptance in a quote mistake, you know, like there Mm -hmm. was, that was not the plan. That was not what, what they were expecting or what we were expecting. And this like deep grace was just 
was the picture of the gospel. And mm-hmm. um, so that really, really grew for me. Um, so actually though, what happened when we, when we did get pregnant, we were, (laughs) we were visiting my brother in LA. And so I actually immediately told my, I was like, Hey Thomas, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like I know that I'm pregnant. Like the day it happened, I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. He was like, you're joking. Like, there's no way, like, it's not possible, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm pregnant. It's a girl. Her name is Janie. And (laughs) (laughs) so then I, um, the weeks went on. And so it was, I tested, I started testing really, really early, early because I was confident that I was pregnant. And, uh, he, so I actually worked with a midwife at this time as well. I was apprenticing as a student midwife and I got up one morning or no, it was one night I took a pregnancy test and I thought I saw a faint line. And my husband was like, no, that's not a line. Like, no, it's not like he knows anything, which is so funny <laughs> to look at. Like, you don't know. But he was like, no, it's not. So then the next morning I got up at five in the morning and I like, I had to pee. So I was like, all right, I'm taking this test. I took the test, bring it back into the bedroom. Like I'm looking at it with a flashlight and show it to him. And he was like, nope, see, I told you, you're not pregnant. But there was a faint line. I swore there was a faint line. <laughs> He goes to work that day. I am texting back and forth with my brother and my midwife. (laughs) And I was like, I really think I'm pregnant. And so then my midwife was like, just take another test, Caitlin. Just go get another dollar general test. Take it and send me a picture. I took the test, sent her the picture. And even that test, it was like, the line looked a little bit darker. (laughs) And she was like, okay, yeah, I can see that from outer space. You're definitely pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, I was like so surprised, but at that point excited and like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be what it's supposed to be. And so, uh, my husband came home from work. I like met him at the door. I was like, uh, look at this. And he looks at it and he was like, see, yeah, you're not pregnant. Like it's not, that's not a positive test. And I was like, no, that's a positive test. That's a second line. He was like, but it's too, it's not dark enough. Like read the directions. So I like show him the directions on the pregnancy test. He is literally on Google, like looking up to see. And finally he was like, all right, I guess you are. He was was really excited. Like, you know, it was not ever a concern of like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, he he is the most dad figure in the world. Like he was just born to be a dad. So he was, he, he took it head on and was like, all right, let's, let's do this. So Mm. that is my long winded story of how we found out we were pregnant with our first. That's awesome. Did, uh, did your heart for home birth for other women come before your heart for home birth for yourself or how did, how did all that kind of come together? Yeah, that's such a great question. So yeah, it did. It, um, I started the way that I got into midwifery was by total accident, which I feel like is the story of most midwives, just because, you know, it's such a, such an, a random career, you know, it's such a small percentage of people that are midwives and a lot of people don't even know about it. So to learn about it was, it's kind of a by chance situation. I was actually working as a health coach and wanted to work with pregnant moms because I thought, you know, what better way to change the next generation's health? Than by working with their mothers while they're pregnant, um, you know that I just felt like that was just such a good leveraging moment of of change. And so the way what I decided to do, I was like, well, I I just learned that midwives existed, 
And I thought, you know, their clients would probably be my ideal clients. They'd be interested mm -hmm. and willing to work with me. So I started reaching out to midwives. Um, I just went on the South Carolina DHEC website and just started calling them. And the first one that actually answered my call was my midwife, Elizabeth. And she was like, yes, this would be so wonderful. I'm so interested. And we met up, we started talking and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So then I shifted from, from health coaching to apprenticing as a midwife. So yeah, my love for home birth was actually before I got pregnant, which made it very simple. Once I got pregnant, I was just like, all right, Thomas, like, this is what we're doing. And he was like already a believer. He was like, all right, sweet. I have a home birth. Wow. That's so great to have his support. What, mm -hmm. um, what specifically connects like with your heart in for home birth? So the thing that I, I just love about home birth is this idea of bringing your child into the world in your space. And the way that the midwives model of care works, it is so supportive and so intimate that the spirituality of birth kind of just flourishes there. And, mm. and as we talk about my story, you'll kind of learn more later about how that, that was such a spiritual shift for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've experienced that and then I've just seen it so many times and, and you can of course have a spiritual experience in the hospital. If it's a C-section there, that is birth is spiritual. There's no getting around that. Um, but the addition of like, this is where this baby is, was created possibly, you know, this is where this baby is going to grow up and to live and to have all of that connection when possible. It, it's just, such an overflow of, of love. And that's, you know, that's my perspective of it. That's how I have felt about my home births. Mm, that's so beautiful. And what was your pregnancy with Janie like? Oh boy. It was, oh, it was marred by <laughs> sickness. Oh. I, I, for whatever reason, I just assumed I'm not going to have morning sickness. Like that's just not what I'm going to do. No. And I remember being like almost exactly six weeks along, maybe a little after that, I was at a, I was at a house doing a postpartum check with my midwife. Um, we were checking on a mom and it was a small house and it was hot and I walked in and all of a sudden I was just like, Oh, I haven't eaten. Like I didn't eat when I should have. And I am now very, very hot. And I just started getting so sick and I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure this is going to be morning sickness. And Oh boy, it was. And it was just, so that was really hard, especially because like I said, I was a health coach. I'm very, into healthy eating. And when I say healthy eating, it's like traditional eating, Weston A. Price style diet. And that's a lot of like fat. It's like cod liver oil, chicken liver, like things that are like maybe not super appealing in the morning sickness arena. Mm -hmm. So I was frustrated because I had all of these plans of eating these super healthy foods and I couldn't stomach any of them. I couldn't even eat eggs, which mm. eggs are like my go-to, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was very hard. Um, and then that, that began to subside, but it kind of came back and forth throughout the pregnancy. Uh, we, my husband and I got married when I was like 17 weeks pregnant. Um, so that was really fun. And we didn't tell anybody 
besides our, you know, super, super close family that we were pregnant until then. So it was kind of fun to announce all of that at the same time. Mm, Surprise, we're married. Surprise, we're pregnant. Um, (laughs) And then the rest of the pregnancy was pretty easy. I was working as a student midwife up until I gave birth. So four days before my baby was born, I was sprinting up a set of stairs to help my midwife catch another baby. So that was really fun. It definitely kept things. it kept things moving. Like it made the pregnancy go by really quickly being, being in the the midwifery space. Mm -hmm. So we know that you had planned for a home birth. Were there specific things within that or specific desires you had with your, with regards to your birth? Yes. And they were all learning experiences. Um, I thought that I, because I'm a very open person, I love people. I love my birth friends. Like I just love the community of women that I'm surrounded by. And so I thought that for my birth, it was going to be a party atmosphere. Like I'm going to have all of these friends come. And I told them it was Christmas time. So this is December 10th when Janie was born. I already had my Christmas decorations up. I wanted it to be like a hot chocolate slumber party. I wanted my midwives to come in their robes and pajamas (laughs) and I was going to make hot chocolate and we were just going to have a blast. Um, So that didn't happen because (laughs) my labor ended up being very long and it turns out I have quite a shy uterus. So like I am very open and, you know, I I love to be like in the party setting. My uterus does not. It wants to be alone (laughs) in the bedroom. So that was a really, really fun, not fun, but looking back on it, it's funny. That was an interesting experience. Um, I also really wanted my husband's cousin to be involved in the birth. Um, She was not a doula, but I kind of wanted her to act as a doula. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is such benefit to having a doula, to hiring a doula. So yeah, so those were some of the kind of learning experiences that I had. Um, But other than that, I really didn't have any specific plans for how labor was to go down. I just thought it would be short and I felt wrong. (laughs) So did you guys kind of rely on your knowledge as a student midwife or did y'all do any kind of childbirth ed prep or any of that? Yeah. So we did hypno babies, which was really, really nice to, um, to do with Thomas. Also just, you know, even knowing the things, even seeing labor, it's nice to be the one that is, you're kind of there in a different setting. You're there for different reasons and to really be able to try to absorb that knowledge and focus on, um, on yourself is, is a huge deal. So we did do hypno babies and we practiced together some, um, the one other issue that, that we found out later and we worked on with my second birth was Thomas was very much under the impression that I had it. Like he didn't need to do anything. He wasn't going to like, I, this is my life. I know all about this. And it's fine. I'm good. I've got it. Um, so that was a, that was, it's sweet and wonderful that he like recognized like, Oh yeah, she's got the strength to do this, but I am very much a, a words of affirmation kind of person. So that is something that we definitely learned and switched in the second pregnancy. So it's kind of neat to be able to go through it the first time and then be able to, to improve upon it. I mean, essentially by going through it and then knowing like, okay, for the next time, this is what we need to really focus on. Mm, Yeah, that's great. So how did your labor start with Janie? 
Okay. So <laughs> it was a Thursday. So I had get, I had helped my midwife with a birth on a Wednesday and I noticed some contractions that night, like at the birth, it was almost like, wow, there's a lot of oxytocin here. Like my body was <laughs> kind of like contracting with it, but that it fizzled out. Um, and then Thursday I woke up with some pink tinged mucus. Woohoo. <laughs> but that is like typically a sign that labor is going to, it's pretty imminent, you know, like if you just have like mucus, that's, that could be neither here, like maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll be three weeks or whatever. But when you notice the kind of pinkness that's showing that capillaries are kind of breaking somewhere around the cervix. And that's typically a sign that dilation is happening. So, um, so yeah, so there was some pinkness and I told my midwife that and everyone's like, Oh, yay. Like everyone's all excited. And I had a prenatal appointment day. So I went into my prenatal appointment and my midwife was like, you know, I can check you if you want. We don't have to. And I have always, I thought I was going to be someone that was like, no, don't check me. Like, I don't want to be checked. I don't want to know anything. I was 39 and four, 39 weeks and four days at that point. And then I was like, you know what, go ahead and check me. Like I got this like pink tinge. Let's just see what's going on. So she decided to check me and I can't even remember what I was, maybe like a two. Um, but she did, she was, while, while she was doing that, I was like, well, you're in there, <laughs> you know, you could, uh, maybe you could just go ahead and do like a little membrane sweep, um, which, you know, people do need to realize that is even just being checked, you know, that is an intervention and there are pros and cons to it. And the same with a membrane sweep, there are pros and cons to it. And I definitely don't, I'm not recommending like, Hey, you need to do that. Like that was just what I decided to do at that time. Um, so, and actually when she did the sweep, she was like, wow, you know, your membranes really aren't adhered to anything. So that's, that's pretty interesting. So, uh, that's what started. And I thought that like, okay, great labor is going to happen really quickly. That is not, that is not the case. So do you want me to go into, to what that kind of played out like? For sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Awesome. So that day I had the membrane sweep. There was a little bit of cramping after that, which is kind of common. Um, and then that evening we were watching my sister-in-law who is, who was at the time, let's see, she's, she was 12 at the time. Um, so she was over, I had made taco soup for dinner. We were doing the last like final decorations. Cause I was like, all right, we really got to get this done now. Like I really want the Christmas setting for my birth. So she was over helping me do that. We ended up having my husband's cousin and his wife come over too. So it was kind of like a little party. Um, and then as I'm like getting dinner ready, as we're setting up, I'm feeling some contractions that are kind of making me like stop and lean over and, uh, definitely feeling some things. So then they, the cousins leave and then my in-laws came over to pick up my sister-in-law and this was at like 10 something. And I love my in-laws. I've already said, you know, I really love them. They were, they were there and I didn't want anybody to know that I was in labor. So they're stand, they're talking to us for like 45 minutes and I am just like doing my best not to show them <laughs> that I'm in labor. <laughs> and apparently later they like left the house and they, had said to each other, like, Kayla was kind of weird. <laughs> and a little weird. Um, but I thought I had done a great job. So they leave and 
they, the contractions at that point were pretty intense. So I went and like put on my hypno babies tracks, started texting my midwives and, and the other apprentices and was like, Hey, just letting you know, this is going on. They were so excited. And they were like, you're such a rock star. Like, please just try to remember to text us before you go into transition. Like, you know, like, <laughs> they're like you're going to, you're going to just like rock this labor. And so then I'm feeling kind of cocky, like, yeah, I'm going to have this fast labor. It's going to be great. Uh, so then though, like around 11 or maybe 1130, I started throwing up. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, this is transition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and I'm having intense contractions every three to five minutes, like mostly on the three minute side. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. It's happening. I texted my midwife. I let her know. Uh, and then I like, she was saying, okay, I'm on my way. I'm going to get everything ready and I'm going to head over. So I texted her that, let her know. And then pretty much as soon as I let her know, all of a sudden the contractions started seeming to be spacing out. So then I called her back and was like, hey, listen, I think maybe it's too early. Like, I don't know what to do. These contractions are spreading out. And she was like, okay, well, I'm just going to come on. We don't have to call the other apprentices right now. They don't have to come right now. Um, But just let me know how it's going and, you know, we'll decide when to, to contact them, but I'll go ahead and come over. So I said, okay. And then about 10 or 15 minutes later, there had been enough contractions where I was like, all right, just call them, have everybody come. So everyone descends upon my house in the wee wee hours of Friday morning and um, they are just like sitting there. I'm excited for everyone to come and I'm like out in the living room trying to hang out with them, but I can't focus. Like it's so clear that my body is like, no, you need to go back to your bedroom. So this goes on. What ends up, what we end up finding out and um, I'll kind of summarize this part, but Janie, my first daughter was definitely in a very wonky position. Um, Mm -hmm. and that ended up causing a really long labor pattern. So she was probably right occiput posterior, um, which, which means she just kind of had to shift her entire body around my pelvis to get into that really good position for her to be born. So that's what ended up happening the next day. Like everyone left my house Friday morning around 11. Cause I just couldn't labor with them. And, uh, then I ended up going to the chiropractor, which really did help things along. We got home, my husband and I laid in the bed and I was contracting every five minutes. They were intense, which was really interesting. You know, early labor to active labor, there was definitely a difference, but it was intense the entire time. So it was very hard for me to be like, how am I going to know when to call you people back? Like, this Mm. is so intense. Like it's intense. How am I going to know? Um, luckily there were some, my doula came and she was like, okay, it's time to call the midwife. (laughs) Um, so that, that evening around 11 PM, I think is when my midwife came back. I was in the bathtub at my house for a long time going through really intense active labor and then transition. Then we got into the birth pool. Um, right before, seriously, right before my daughter was born. So I got in the birth pool and asked my midwife to check me because I said, I'm feeling kind of pushy. And she was like, okay, well, let me just check. And she checked and she was like, you're at like an eight. So if you can hold off, you know, try to hold off. And I was like, okay. And it was so hard because my body was just telling me to push. So I did hold off for like 30 minutes. And then I just, I didn't even say anything to her. I was just like, I got to do it. And so I, with the contraction, I like at the top of it, I, I just gave a push. My water broke instantly. And then all of a sudden I went into this like 
deep guttural, like, like deep, deep push. And my mid, and I remember taking my hands and just like putting them down to where, like to, to support myself and my midwife and the one other apprentice that was there, they were like, she like having the baby. And my midwife was like, it sounds like it. And so she was like, my midwife said to me like, Caitlin, are you feeling the are you feeling the baby? And I just like, couldn't do anything, but just like shake my head up and down. Like, yes. <laughs> and So then, then I'm like leaning over the birth pool, like holding onto my husband's arms and she, 10 minutes, I pushed for 10 minutes. It was like wow. maybe three, three pushes and that baby was out. So it was kind of crazy to have this like long laboring experience. But then once we got to that pushing phase, it was fast. Um, Mm. so I, I was definitely a little nervous that, Oh, I did also think that I had a shoulder dystocia because I had been to a uh, midwifery workshop just the week before that was about shoulder dystocia. (laughs) And you know how things like get into your head whenever you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like are around them. So I was certain that I had a shoulder dystocia. So I like got my leg up into this runner's lunge position. And I thought my midwife had to put her hand up inside to pull the baby out. That was, was all untrue. <laughs> like I asked her later, I was like, what, what happened? Like, why did you have to do that? And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Caitlin. That was just your baby coming out of you. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, so that was my birth of Janie, the first birth. It was the hormonal rush that came after that was unbelievable, you know, something I had never experienced before. And it was just mm like such a swell of love that just, you know, swept me into motherhood. And it was just, you know, it felt like, wow, this is what I was created to do. Mm, That's great. Uh, Could we go off script for a question? Yeah. So a question or something I hear some moms talk about as they consider sort of their birth plan is, and, and home birth specifically is, isn't it messy? Like what, what is that like? And (laughs) would you just mind talking like as the birthing person, what is that like that, that experience like, and and how do your caregivers kind of take care of you? Oh, I love that. That is, you're right. It is one of the top (laughs) questions. It's like, what about the mess? So the cool thing about midwives is they are cleaning ninjas. Like they just totally have it down pat, but there's actually not that much of a mess, you know? Water, your water will break at some point, which mine broke in the in the birth tub. Um, but even if it breaks outside, like it's amniotic fluid, it's not that big of a mess. And typically, there are chucks pads, which are kind of like glorified puppy pads. Um, so those are put out in the position, like wherever you are, we can put those out. If your water breaks and you're walking around and kind of leaking water, you can always put on like pads or depends, whatever you want to, to keep things contained. Um, and then like the, the mess that people fear after birth is like, oh my gosh, like it's so bloody and blah, blah, blah. It's not necessarily. And once again, you know, there we have, it's not usually like, oh, this baby is just like coming out of nowhere and we didn't know it was about to be born. Typically there is plenty of setup time. So one of the things is like, if you choose to have your baby on your bed, midwives have like a perfect sandwich method. It's so cool. Like you make your bed with the sheets that you want to have on your bed after your baby's born that you want to snuggle up in. So you make your bed with that. Then you put a waterproof cover on top of that, and then you put 
whatever sheets you want to have on your bed that you're laboring on. So they can be older sheets. They could be new sheets. It doesn't really matter. You put those on and then the midwife is going to put, you know, those chucks pads that I talked about. They'll put some on top of that as well in the, in the areas that they're needed. So once the, once the baby's born, all we're doing is taking off that top sheet, throwing it in the laundry, throwing away the chucks pads, and then voila, like you have this perfectly new set of sheets ready for you to just jump in and snuggle. And same with the birthing pool, you know, the midwife is going to be able to, if, I mean, sometimes the, the dad, that's like their job is to set up the birth pool. That was definitely my husband's thing, set up the birth pool. But you, you know, you have a big tarp under that and then you have a liner for the birth pool. So they just get the water, funnel the water out afterwards. It's, it's such simple cleanup. You know, it really, they will leave your house cleaner than it was when they got there, which is, is something that people are always unexpected. It's like, oh, I just had no idea that it would be clean, but yeah, they're, they're amazing little fairies of, of cleaning for sure. Midwives are. (laughs) That's awesome. So what was your postpartum like with Janie? Uh, I definitely learned a lot, um, for that as well. And that's, that's one thing that I really would love. And I try to stress, um, you know, on my podcast as well is this, the importance of postpartum and how we overlook it as a society. Gosh, it is so important. Like truly, even if you feel like you had the most invigorating birth and you are just ready to get up and go and do things, don't, I beg you, don't do it. Your body has been through trauma. And you know, it's, it's not like this negative thing necessarily, though it, it oftentimes can be, of course, you know, there's all kinds of trauma, but physical trauma of think about the size of that baby <laughs> coming out via vaginal birth or C-section, like that's trauma. And we really need to respect the fact that our bodies need to heal. And when we look at these cultures all across the world, every single one of them has some type of healing ritual or uh, plan for their postpartum mothers, you know, that just traditionally that's how it's always been. And, um, and now with our society, the way it is, we're so isolated, we're so siloed, we're not getting that support and we're not getting that care. And a lot of times I feel like moms are under the impression of like, oh, well, my friend bounced back this fast. I've got to bounce back this fast. Or like, like I said, like sometimes it's like, I'm just feeling fine. So I might as well run to target. No, (laughs) not a great idea. The other thing that I experienced was, so Janie, my first was the first grandchild on either side. So there was a lot of excitement around her and everybody wanted to hold her and see her and our families live you know, within a 30 minute radius, like my parents are 30 minutes. Thomas's parents are literally a mile down the road. So everyone descended upon our house, cousins, like siblings, everybody was at our house. And I didn't recognize the importance of me holding my baby. You know, I let her be held by all of these other people for a number of hours throughout the day. And they didn't mean anything by it. They had no idea. They thought like, yeah, of course, like I'm, I'm, we're here, we're visiting, we're going to hold the baby. But I didn't realize at that point, just how critical that time is to really be as left alone as possible. And, and once I started feeling anxiety, I needed to speak up and say like, okay, I need my baby back now, you know, and I didn't, I didn't stand up for myself in that way. And like I said, 
they were not trying to, they had no idea that this was going on. They're just holding the baby. It was Mm -hmm. really something that I should have planned for beforehand and something that my husband and I should have talked about beforehand of like, either if it was going to be me saying it or him saying it or whatever, just having a plan of like, okay, time, time to have the baby back. You know, Caitlin needs to nurse the baby or whatever it may be. Um, so I really do encourage uh, partners, spouses, like to to talk about those things before and like, what's our plan going to be? Um, because you really don't want to interrupt that bonding time wherever you decide to give birth. So that was that was one thing that happened. And I will say the way that I treated postpartum with almost like just like I don't want to say I disrespected it, but like, you know, I just didn't care. I didn't think about it enough. And then six months out, I was struggling with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum rage, like hormone issues that were just so out of whack. And I think that some of that came from some postnatal depletion. Like I probably should have been doing maybe some labs to see what nutrients I needed and what I was missing. Um, but I also really attribute it to the fact that I did not set boundaries. I did not lie in for those first few weeks. I didn't just stay snuggled in my bed. I got up and out too fast, but at what cost, you know, the Mm long-term cost was, was really tough. Um, So that is something we definitely changed with, with our second daughter. Cool. So will you use, will you tell us about finding out you're pregnant with Lillian? Yes. Okay. So that is, this is pretty pretty cool stuff. Um, I had, so I told you, you know, I wasn't a Christian when I became pregnant with Janie. Um, and even when I had Janie, I wanted to believe I truly wanted to believe I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't wrap my mind around a relationship. And it was very frustrating for me because I saw all these people with these relationships with the Lord. And I'm like, that sounds great. Like, why don't I have that? I have no connection. And I prayed for connection. I just didn't feel like I was, I just didn't have it. And, but I will say having Janie really changed, changed a lot for me because I felt like when I had her, when she came up out of the water and was in my arms, an entirely new room in my heart opened up, you know, a a, a section of my heart that up until that point, I had never known was there opened up. And it was like, there was a light on now in this place that I had no idea about until then. So that experience started making me question like, okay, if I didn't know that was there up until now, what else is there that I don't, that I haven't experienced yet? What other love could there be? And so it definitely open my mind to this, I, this concept of like, okay, like there could be something more. And so I had Janie, I started going to a Bible study and I was very open with them at my church. I I love my church for this, this ladies Bible study. I told them like, listen, I'm here. I, I want to understand. I want to learn more. I don't feel it. I don't feel a relationship. I'm really struggling with that. I just, but I I know I need to be here. I know you guys will be helpful. Um, so for a year, let's see from, okay. Yeah. So Janie was born. I think it was like March when I started going to the Bible study. So I went all like this, this whole next year, same thing involved in the Bible study, not really feeling anything though. Janie, when Janie was 18 months old, I, um, I weaned her and I had become very interested in fasting and 
a lot of it I thought was really interesting because there's such a spiritual side to fasting. Like fasting is biblical. And so I joined this group on Facebook called Fasting for a Purpose, and it is a Christian-based fasting group. And so they will fast for, you know, physical issues, but for spiritual issues as well. And so I thought, all right, well, like I could try that. And so my first fast, I did a seven day water fast and it was totally physical. Like I was not even trapped. Like I just was like, I want to fix these issues that I have. So I did that. The next fast that I did, I did a five day water fast, same thing. Then the third fast, I knew that I wanted to do an extended, like very long fast, but I wasn't, I didn't think I was ready, but I started the fast and all of a sudden was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to make this like a spiritual fast. So I decided to fast for one day, like one day for every year of my life. So that was going to be 26 days at that point and, uh, just straight water. So I started and I decided like the thing about fasting is, is that you don't sleep. (laughs) Like your body is just kind of in this rest mode all the time. So you, you don't sleep. You would think that you'd be super tired. You're never, you're never sleeping. You're just like physically fatigued. So I spent that time praying and like all night I would just pray. And so on the 14th night, I actually, um, I was up praying and I was just like, Lord, I just, I just need to feel you. I need something physical. Like I, I can just tell, like I have to have a physical sign, please show me. And all of a sudden I, my heart just like felt like it was on fire, like it was burning. It was so hot. And it was just this overwhelming feeling. And, and I knew in that moment, like, Oh my gosh, that was the Holy spirit. Like that is the Holy spirit. And it is in my physical heart burning. Like it is real. And Mm -hmm. I just like started crying, like laughing, crying. And it's the middle of the night, (laughs) like trying not to wake up my husband. And then like, I mean, it, it was just the most beautiful glorious experience. The next morning I was like, do I even tell him about this? Like, this sounds crazy. I don't even know what to do. And I decided, no, I have to tell people like, this is just too much. It's too exciting. And I told him what happened and uh, at the risk of sounding crazy. And he was like, do you know what time that happened? And I said, no, I really have no idea. And he was like, it's just, it's just weird. Like I was tossing and turning last night. I really couldn't sleep. And then all of a sudden I felt this warmth on my back, like coming from your direction. And I fell right asleep. It was like, Mm. okay, that is once again, like a, like the Lord had me tell him about it because then it's more like, you know, affirmation of like, yeah, Caitlin, that was real. Like that was me. Mm -hmm. That was real. So, okay. So that all sounds like it's unrelated, but (laughs) the fast also threw off my ovulation (laughs) by a lot because, you know, when, (laughs) when you're not, when you're not eating, your body's like, all right, this is clearly not a time to reproduce. So we thought that I was ovulating at a certain point. I wasn't, I was ovulating at a later point. And that is how our sweet, sweet Lillian joined our family. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <sighs> yep. She was our little, our little fasting baby. So it was uh, once again, like, I guess that's just kind of our little mark. It's like, ah, oh, we're not super expecting it, but we were, we were not like, you know, at that point it was like, that's great. When we found out we were pregnant, we were super excited and knew that it was going to be wonderful and, and perfect. So yeah, so that's how that came to be. Mm, so cool. So did that shift your relationship with God from that point, that fasting moment? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It just, it, I mean, that's, 
you know, that's when I stepped into life. That's when I stepped Mm -hmm. into life. And, and the rest of it's kind of cool. The rest of that uh, fast was spent like saying, okay, Lord, like, what is it that you would have me do? What am I supposed to do now? Like as your servant, what do you want from me? And that's actually when happy home birth was first created in my mind. And it was funny because at the time I'm like, okay, how is this even like going to, how is this going to glorify you, God? Like a, a podcast about home birth. Like, I just don't see it, but I'll follow. Like, you know, I felt very sure that that's what he was telling me. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And then now, you know, it's, it's so cool. Like I don't, it's anyone that I interview, almost, almost everyone ends up bringing up like their relationship with the Lord. And, and it's not, you know, provoked by me. It's just like, it just comes out. And so it's, it's something really beautiful to see like, okay, he's using these mom stories. Like he's using Mm -hmm. them. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. So great. So what was your pregnancy like with Lillian? Was it different or similar? Totally, totally different. And wow. that is why that is why I was certain she was a boy. I <laughs> would have bet money on it. I would have bet my house on it. I felt so confident that she was a boy, especially by the end of the pregnancy. At the beginning, I wasn't so sure. By the end, I really didn't have morning sickness. Like she was sh- like my belly was just so different with her. Um, there was just so many different things. I was way more emotionally stable though. I will say that was probably like the fast definitely healed my body and my mind a lot. Um, it took away all of the anxiety that I had had was gone, gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was crazy. Like, and I don't know, I'm sure some listeners will be able to relate to this. The kind of anxiety that I had was so physical. It was like something would happen and I could feel my hormones like squirting into my stomach. Like, you know, that like, Mm -hmm it just was so like my stomach would just like roll with anxiety and that was gone. So that, that was huge. But the pregnancy was a very beautiful, simple one besides some like varicose vein issues and things like that, which were not cute, but, but you know, like overall it was a, it was a great pregnancy. Yeah. Cool. So did you guys have, um, we talked a little bit before about kind of how things you guys learned from your previous birth and how to prepare for Lillian. So how did, what did that look like? So preparation this time was very different um, because in the meantime, you know, I had been, I'd, I'd been hosting this podcast and I heard these mother stories and, and there were just a few that stuck out to me. And I realized like, wow, they were so present in their birthing experiences. They were just, it's like when I thought back to Janie's experience, I I felt like birth was happening to me. I was not like, you know, I was just there and it was happening to me as opposed to these other stories that I was hearing. It was like, these moms really were like, instead of being tossed around by the wave, they were kind of riding the wave. And I just thought like, okay, how can I make this happen? Like I have all of this knowledge. I have these experiences, but like, what am I going to do? So I ended up creating some techniques for myself. Like a lot of, I started focusing on my mindset. Um, I started doing a lot of positive affirmations, a lot of fear clearing. Like I created my own pregnancy tracks that were specifically around home birth because all the other childbirth education programs, as wonderful as they are, you know, they're focused on the hospital, which is great for 98% of people who are having birth in the hospital. But since that wasn't me, it was like, okay, I got to figure something else out. 
So I did all of this preparation and my goal was I want to catch my baby. I don't want anybody else touching me. I want to be the one to bring him, you know, into the world. So that's what I, that's what I focused on. It's what I prayed about. It was just like, this is what I want. And, um, so that's what I did. And I did still listen to some of the hypno babies tracks. Uh, but the majority of my stuff was the majority of my preparation was really like me creating kind of what, what I thought would be best for a home birthing experience. And, um, and I'm proud to say it worked out great. <laughs> mm, yay. So will you tell us how you went to labor with her? For sure. So I actually um, was very, so I, I had Janie at 36, uh, 39 weeks and six days, but went into labor at 39 and four. So my assumption is this baby is going to come early at, you know, by 39 and four for sure. You know, that's the latest that was wrong. So I ended up actually going over. I was like 40 and two or 40 and three. So those last, like that last week where she was supposed to be here or he was supposed to be here was so long. And it was so ridiculous. Like really, of course we don't know when it's going to happen, but it might, you know, you, you all know, I'm sure you can all relate. You get in your head, like, this is where it's going to be. This is what's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, it's like, what the heck? So, (laughs) so at but at that 40 and I think it was 40 and three. Oh, okay. No, actually it was the night before the night before or the day before I had said, you know what? This baby's not coming. I'm going to have a pool party. So all of my church girls, we have like this, this group on Facebook that we stay in touch and we hadn't seen each other for a little while. So I was like, can every, why doesn't everybody just come over to the pool tomorrow at my in-laws house? They have a great pool, like bring the kids. We'll just have a great day. Everyone's like so excited. Yeah, we'll definitely do it. All these people are coming. So I post that in the Facebook group. And then like just a few hours later, I'm lying in bed waiting for my husband to get home. He was working late and I start feeling some contractions. And I was like, oh boy, like I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to cancel. (laughs) So then I'm like, man, I should have just planned a pool party a week ago. And then I could have had this baby a week ago. So (laughs) I, that next morning I like messaged everybody back and was like, hate to cancel, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be having another kind of pool party in my house, (laughs) like (laughs) having a water birth. So everyone was super excited. But that day, uh, it was a Thursday. I, I felt contractions throughout the day, but they were not intense and they were definitely like kind of like around my stomach, not pulling down, um, the way that like you really think of active labor contractions to be, they were pulling around my stomach and I just felt like, ugh, something is off. The baby's up higher than normal. Like this just isn't, this isn't effective. So I did a bunch of like stomping. I live on, like, we have a hill right next to our house. So I'm like stomping up this hill, like trying to get this baby down in place. Uh, nothing is working. And so I finally contacted my, um, my best friend who is a student midwife, but she's been one for so like, she's so, uh, experienced that, you know, like I, I could, I would, almost classify her as a midwife, but, uh, she was really helping with my care. Like she was taking on that senior apprentice role. So she was the one that I was communicating with and I told her what all was going on. And she was like, well, like, you think maybe I, I said, I think I said, one of us said though, like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm cupated. Like, I'm pretty sure there's something like 
physically holding this up. And she was like, okay, well, like, you know, what do you want to do about that? Because I am not afraid of an enema. Like, I know that's like a weird thing for a lot of people. I'm not scared of it. I've done it, done coffee enema. Like, I'm not scared. So I was like, maybe I should just do that. And she was like, well, or maybe like, you don't even have to do that. Maybe you could just do like a saltwater cleanse. Like, you know, like, I don't know if anybody else has ever done that before, but you like mix up just warm salt water and drink it. And it does clear you out. So I thought, okay, I guess I could try that. I tried that. It was a no-go. Did not work. Did not help at all. There were like several hours that passed and it hadn't done anything. And so then it was like, no, it didn't work. And also I feel disgusting now. So thanks. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm going to probably poop all over the place. <laughs> like whenever I give birth, which, which is fine. But I just was like, thanks a lot, Sarah. But, uh, so then I was like, listen, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for, it. I'm just gonna do an enema and I'm just gonna get this going. So that's what I did. And my husband had gone out with my daughter to pick up a really healthy meal of Wendy's. I don't know why I wanted Wendy's. It is so out of character, but he went and picked up Wendy's for me. I am trying to take care of this constipation problem. And then as soon as I did, wham, like active labor just hit like a ton of bricks. Like I was like contracting consistently and he got home. I'm sitting on my birth ball. We're eating, we're eating in my bedroom. My, my daughter is like at this little desk eating. I'm bouncing on my birth ball. We're watching the office and like these contractions are just rolling, but I'm like concerned. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, like I don't want to call people too soon, but this is weird. Like it's, it feels like it's happening fast. And my midwife from my first birth, she had moved in the meantime, but she had talked to me and was like, you know, I just really feel like the second birth is going to be fast for you. So there's like this little thing in my head of like, I just, I don't know. So I, I remember calling my friend, Sarah, the, the apprentice, she lives, she also lives like an hour away from me almost. She's in boiling Springs and I'm in easily. So I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I call her and I was like, Hey, uh, these, these contractions, like they're pretty intense. And then I start having one while I'm on the phone with her. And I was like, I can talk through them though. So like acting like <laughs> that counts as like, it's, it's a mild contraction. Cause I can talk through it as I'm like <laughs> heaving. <laughs> and she was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be there in just a second. She had actually already thought that this was about to happen. And so she was in Greenville at the target, which it, everybody, if you're trying to have a baby, have someone go to target for you. Like as a student midwife, I don't know what it is about shopping at target, but I feel like we always get called out of there. Like having to run to a house to catch a baby. So she's like getting in the car. I cannot believe how fast she got to my house. Like it still like defies the laws of every, you know, all of the physical laws. How did she get to my house from target that? I don't know, but she made it super fast. And she was there to help. Um, my husband was like putting up the birth pool. She was there supporting me, but he came in. Like I was really like, in this kind of like almost stress place. Cause it was happening fast that time. Like it was, it was intense and I knew it was intense. And I'm just like searching for something to kind of grasp. And finally he got the birth pool or the water turned on. He's filling up the birth pool. He came in and I just couldn't get comfortable. And then finally he like sat at the bottom of our bed. And I just remember kneeling and just having my head directly like on his lap. And it just was the perfect height. And it just felt like relief for the first time of just like having him there. And just this strong grounding presence was just 
it was everything that I needed. Uh, so that labor, um, was fast. I mean, it was two and a half hours start to finish once I had my first real contraction. Yeah. And, um, and like I said, my husband and Sarah, they just were everything that I needed. And at one point I was, I was, you know, kind of like losing it. I felt like, you know, I'd been so mindful, but I was kind of getting out of it. And I just asked Thomas to pray. And I don't remember what he said. I can't remember a word, but I cannot, like, I'll never forget that feeling of just being so held and so loved and just, oh, it just, it meant everything to me. Um, so, so I remember go, hitting transition and saying like, I can't. And then knowing as I was saying it, like, of course I can't, like it's happening right now. It's about to happen. And knowing, even when I said it, like, that's not true. But, um, then my midwife got there just a few minutes before the baby was born and my midwife from my previous birth who had moved, she moved to New Hampshire. She was in town and she was actually able, she walked in three minutes before my daughter was born. So to have that room of just people that just, I just felt so loved. My sister was able to be there. And the important thing to me was that I wanted Janie, my daughter to be involved, which she mm. was two and a half at the time. She's a, she is not like a super laid back girl. She is like the life of the party into everything. So I knew I didn't want her like, you know, in my face, all of labor, but I wanted her to experience that having her brother be born. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually was able to she was able to come over and um, watch as the baby's head was born. And what was Mm -hmm. so amazing to me was I was much quieter this time, which that, you know, that doesn't, that's neither here nor there, but the baby's head comes out and I like look up at Janie and was like, do you see, do you see the baby? And Janie's leaning over the birth pool and like, is that, that's my baby. That's my baby (laughs) sister. She was the one that was convinced it was a girl. And, um, so she watched, she watched Lillian be born. She was right there. And I pulled her up to my chest. And after a minute or so, I checked to see like, okay, what is, what is this baby knowing full well that it was a boy? And I searched for those little boy parts for, (laughs) I was like, where is it? I was like, somebody's going to have to move the umbilical cord. I can't see it. And so when it was, when I realized it was another girl, I was like, so shocked, which was perfect. It was just like so much more fun, almost just like being surprised. <laughs> and, mm. and I remember Janie, we, my husband was like, Janie, it's a girl. You have a sister. And she said, ah, a baby sister. I had wished for that. <laughs> just the sweetest, sweetest moment. That's awesome. So did you experience postpartum recovery in a different way this time? Yes, we took it super seriously. I had my in-laws and my parents, they stepped up huge. They watched Janie for us so much in those first few weeks. I laid in bed and recovered and and got that really important bonding time that you can't get back. And uh, Mm -hmm. it definitely has colored my second postpartum experience. You know what? It's, It's a year down the line or a year and a month and I am, I'm healthy and I'm not full, I'm just not anxiety riddled, you know, it's just, Mm. it it really goes to show just how important that, that time, the, the, those first few weeks, they're, they're just, you don't realize how important they are until much later down the road, even. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great. 
So do you have any um, perhaps advice or encouragement for ladies who are considering, maybe considering pregnancy or who are pregnant or who are recovering from a pregnancy or birth? Sure. So when it comes to pregnancy, I would just say whatever you choose, you know, you, you need to choose to give birth in the place that feels right to you, whether that's your home or whether that's a birth center or a hospital, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as you feel so supported and you trust your care provider and you have that such an important integral relationship. So I would, I'd recommend that I'd really recommend taking the time to prepare, whether that's, you know, childbirth education, I think is so important just because I feel like knowing what's happening to your body, what's happening between your body and your baby, that changes so much. Like all of the, the fear that we have a lot of times is just based off of not knowing. And so when we know what's going on, we can be more comfortable and more relaxed in that. Um, So those would be, that would be my, my recommendation. I would also just stress the importance of nutrients, like high quality nutrient dense foods. There's a book by Lily Nichols called Real Food for Pregnancy. If you are even considering getting pregnant, if you're already pregnant, you know, even if you're postpartum, check that book out. It is, it is such a helpful and easy to understand, easy to assimilate into your daily life approach to, to true nutrition. That's great. Thank you. I'll put those in the show notes then. Yeah. Thank you absolutely. so much for joining us. Oh, it was such a blast. I, I just, I'm excited for you, Jesse. It's so great to have more voices out here helping, helping moms through this incredible, amazing time. Um, so thank you for doing what you do. And if you'd like, I'd love to let people know where they can find out more. Yeah. If you guys are interested in, in learning more about me or um, about home birth options, you can always go to myhappyhomebirth.com. That's my website. Um, or I'm on Instagram and that's at happy home birth podcast. And the real fun is happening in our Facebook group. So that is facebook.com slash groups slash happy home birth, or you can just type in happy home birth podcast community, all the home birth support. So if that's what you're interested in, curious, and please come find us, but Jesse, yes. thank you for what you do. I, I can't thank you enough. It's a pleasure, guys. Please, please check out Caitlin's podcast. It is, I mean, even being postpartum, I just love hearing the positivity that she shares um, to put home birth up on a, not a pedestal in an unhealthy way, but just to to shine a light on something that doesn't get talked about enough, I think. Um, So please take the time to, to give it a listen. It's really, it's a lovely place to spend time. So thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. It was an honor. Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. To stay up to date on the podcast, please like Hopeful Birth on Facebook, where you can follow me on Instagram at Hopeful Birth Podcast. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to check out my website, hopefulbirth.com, where if you're interested, you can submit a request to share your birth story in a future episode. And if you're a doula, midwife, or other birth worker and would like to be featured in our Meet the Birth Worker segment, please reach out to me on my website through the contact page or DM me on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening.